in honor of the atheist of Miriam Bat Abraham, dedicated by a family who wished to remain anonymous. But we're all to talk about Miriam. Uh, well, <laughs> what we want to talk about is Yitro. Yitro in the parasha, this week's parasha, Baalotzka. So here it is. You'll help me to explain it. Now one of the ways that we know that the person that we're talking about is Yitro is because he's referred to as Chotein Moshe. And it's like backwards. He keeps coming up with a new name. But very often he's designated as Chotein Moshe. So if you assume that, that, uh, that he this man had one Chotein whose name was Moshe. We know then that Chovav ben Reuel Hamidiani was, was, was Yitro because he was Chotein Moshe and Yitro was Chotein Moshe. So in some sort of syllogism that the Greeks taught us, it turns out that it's the same person. But it's not eminently obvious from the Pasuk that it's the same person. But this is the way we have understood it since the beginning of time. Hotein Moshe. So Moshe said to his father-in-law, Nosim anachnu el We are going to the place. Right? This is important to note that according to the Torah, there is a place. There is a place. The Jews, after leaving Mitzrayim, were in no place. The desert signifying no place because you can't grow things there and you can't live there. And the Medrash in the Pirkei de Rabbalazar says that part of the world, at the time of creation, there was a little bit left unfinished. And the place that was unfinished was no place, and no place was Midbar, was a desert. I mean, it's not easy to understand why the world should have a desert in it, which is mostly uninhabitable. Isn't it true that God created the world so that it should be inhabited? So why is there a place in the world which could not be inhabited? So we look at the Pasuk again, what the Pasuk says, Moshe Rabbeinu says to his father-in-law, We are going to a place from no place. That's where we are. Which God promised to us. Right? A place. Lecha'itanu. So you see from the statement that Moshe Rabbeinu makes that there was some sort of issue. It was like Moshe Rabbeinu is convincing, trying to convince Yitro, we'll call him Yitro, that's how we all know him. He's trying to convince Yitro that he should go with them, that Yitro should come with them to the Makom, from, from to a place, from no place, which, which means that Moshe Rabbeinu knew that there was a problem. There was some issue. He didn't want to go with them. He says, L'cha'itanu. V'heitavnu lach. V'heitavnu lach. We will do good by you. I mean, Moshe Rabbeinu, it's like, like Nefesh for Nefesh. If you will come at Aliyah, we'll pay you. We'll pay you to come at Aliyah, right? In, in other words, is a biblical source for Nefesh ben Nefesh. Like, good so, so Veitavnulach. What do you mean Veitavnulach? What is Moshe Rabbeinu? He's got the best deal in the world. God is giving us free transportation to the Makom, to the place which was promised to Avram, to Yitzchak, to Yaakov. And here he says, he says to Yitro, Lechaitanu. Uh, Hashem Dibertov al Yisrael. Hashem Dibertov al Yisrael means 
good things will happen to B'nai Yisrael. So if you stick with us, good things will happen to you as well. That's what, that's what Moshe Rabbeinu says. So it's hard to answer. What's Moshe Rabbeinu talking about? What is the issue that is being addressed? What is the issue that's being addressed? So we'll look, uh, we'll look at the next pasuk. Vayom elav lo elech and so Yitro answers, Lo, lo I, I'm not going to go with you. I will not go with you. What do you mean, Lo Eilech? This is the same Yitro who came from Midian, supposedly, to participate in Matan Torah, to be part of Matan Torah. It's the same Yitro, you know, Hasidus, they say, Yitro, he, the parasha of Matan Torah is named Yitro. That's like having the parish of Batantara being named after Goliath or something. I mean, would it be Yitro? I mean, okay, he's a nice person. He came, he heard that there was something going on and he came. But after all, don't you think Moshe Rabbeinu should have gotten his name in the parasha? Wouldn't that, wouldn't that have been nice? So if you look at that pasuk, you see at the bottom of the page, Shmot Perik Yud Al Yudchet Pasuk Aleph. You see that pasuk? So why is the, the parasha called Yitro? Because the first notable word in the first pasuk in the parasha happens to be Yitro. But if you look again, you'll see that the sixth notable word in the parasha is Moshe. So you think you could move the words around? Let's see whether you move the words around. You wanted Moshe to appear before Yitro. It could have, couldn't it? You could say, Vayishma, I'm sorry, Chotein Moshe, Shama. Chotein Moshe, Yitro, Kohen, Midian, Shama. Could have, could have written the passage that way, and then the parasha would be called Moshe which it seems to me would be fair. After all, how could you compare what Moshe Rabbeinu did to what uh, Yitro did? did? Yitro did something for himself. Moshe Rabbeinu did it for posterity. Yitro came to participate. Moshe Rabbeinu brought the Torah into the world. Certainly is a different subplot. Let's go back to the Pesukim in our parasha. So the Pesuk says, Vayomei lav lo'elech of course, this reminds me of the conversation between Avram Avinu and Akadish Bofu, right? Lech Lecha, Me'atzacha, Me'molad, Ela, Bakovashar, Echo, to the place where I will, I will take you again, Kedat Yitzchak. Also to the place. But Avram Avinu said, Yes, I'll go. I will, uh, then I'll sacrifice my son. And here, Yitro, he says, You're not going to get me. You're not going to get me. And this gives Chazal the opening to understand what the problem for Yitro was. And what was the problem? He said it. Yitro says the problem. I want to go to my birthplace and to my land. So when HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to Abraham Avinu, He didn't say, then you'll be nowhere. You'll be a wanderer. You'll have to get visas to every place you go to. No, he says, I'm going to give you a place. Hashem said to Abraham Avinu, Hashem said, if you leave, nobody likes to leave. Nobody likes to leave the place that he was born, the place that he has roots to, the place that he grew up in. But, HaKadosh Baruch promises Avinu, but if you leave, you're going to get what, you're going to get something in exchange. That was the Chochmah. So here when Yitro says, Lo eilech, that means, from you, Moshe Rabbeinu, I'm not going to get that. What am I not going to get? Artsi and Moladeti. That I'm not going to get. That's what he said. 
and therefore I'm leaving. Pasuk Lamed Aleph Vayome Alnata Azov Otanu Kialkein Yadata Chanotenu Bamidbar Vayita Lanu Leenayim. So Moshe Rabbeinu continues the discussion that you have a certain expertise, Yitro. You can get along in no place, the desert. He says, Yadata Chanotenu Bamidbar. You know a good place for us to camp here in the desert. Vayita Lanu and you can serve as our scouts. Thing you would call it today, right? You can check out the terrain. You can look over the land. You can decide. You could decide where we should stop and encamp. He says, "Vayita lanu leinayim." The last pasuk, "Vayaki teilechi manu." If you will come with us, "Vayatovu asheyiti vashemimanu," and the tov. The good that God will give to us, Imanu. Sheitav Hashem Imanu veitavnu lach. Again, a bribe. Whatever we get, we're giving. So, there's something. What does Moshe Rabbeinu mean? What does Moshe Rabbeinu mean? If in fact that Moshe Rabbeinu can't give Yitro, Artsicha, can't give him Artsiv and Moladeti. So what is he going to give him? I mean, that was the promise that B'nai Yisrael had in hand. They go to Eretz Kedan, they get, they get land. They become people, a people with a place. Up to then, they were a people without a place. So, they, so what exactly is, is Moshe Rabbeinu offering Yitro? So let's look at the Rashi. Look at the Rashi carefully. Chovav, that's what he's called, right? Chovav ben Reuel. Rashi says, who Yitro? Shene'emar, and there's a pasuk in Shoftim that he quotes, Vibnei Chovav Chotein Moshe. That Chovav was his father-in-law. Ma Talmud lomar batavono el Reuel avihem? So what, uh, so how come he's called Reuel in the beginning of Shmot? So here you learn that the children call the grandfathers, sometimes they call them father. Doesn't happen to me that often. <laughs> but it, what? It does happen to you? Yeah. What the grandchildren calls me. It's the only name he knows is Abba. <laughs> <laughs> he knows what name is. Oh, I, I discounted that option. <laughs> yeah. V'shemot, now listen to the Rashi here. This is a very important Rashi. Shemot Arbei Hayulo. He had a lot of names, this man, who was Moshe Rabbeinu's father-in-law. He said, Hayulo, Yeter, Al Shem Sheyiter Parasha Achat Batorah. Right? He, he added a parasha. What was the parasha? He, uh, uh, Batorah. Uh, he said, remember Yitro said to Moshe Rabbein, you can't do this. You can't continue to judge the people all day long and sit there all day and all night. It's not going to work out. So he created a parashah b'torah. Chovav, he's called Chovav because he loved the Torah. So, so it, it, it's an interesting thing. Very often in the Torah, People's names are, collected, are connected to events or, or, or kind of personality or projected uh, lives. So when they get, when, when there's a name change in the Torah, like Avram becomes Avraham. So we say, we say, well, he became a new person. He changed who he was. And his old name disappears. He only has another name. It, was, it makes sense that a person has a name. It does not necessarily make sense that a person has more than one name. When, is it, when does a person have more than one name? Like when I grew up, all the kids had two names. 
we had the name, like our secret names, which we used when they asked us, do you want an Aliyah? You know, as so we told them our secret name. But then there was the other name that we had that uh, people would call us in the street because we wanted to be integrated. We didn't want to be, we didn't want to, at least our parents thought that that was a good idea. That you should have a, like a regular name, not an irregular, not an irregular name. Today, of course, uh, everything is different today. Having an irregular name is sometimes a boon. We're having a, a regular name is just regular. So, if, if, if you live, if, if you have more than one personality, like if you're sort of trained to be two different people, then it makes sense to have two names. To have a, like a Hebrew name for when you're with your friends from, uh, you know, in the shul, or hanging around, or fooling around, so you have your Hebrew name. But when you're out in the regular world, in the big regular world, it made sense that you should have a name that was more appropriate for that big general, general uh, world. So, uh, it, you know, de facto, or maybe not de facto, but in, uh, I always thought it was strange that the, the, the Rosh Yeshiva, the Yeshiva that I learned in was called Joseph B. Joseph B. Soloveitchik, you know, I said. So I said, interesting. you think his mother called him Joseph B? I mean, I, I, I can't believe it. I mean, not that I know. I just can't, but I can't believe it. What happened? No, sorry. So, so, so Yitro, Yitro, unlike Avram Avinu, didn't go through a name change. But every time he did something that was remarkable, he was called the, the one who did that remarkable thing. So, Yeta, well, that was remarkable. He added the parish in the Torah. Chovav, he learned and he loved the Torah. So, there were people called him Yeta, and people called him. He, he sort of didn't have a name. He wasn't a, he wasn't a clear Sorry. personality. Do you know where Menachem's class is? Downstairs. You see, you see this door? You go downstairs, one flight, and he will be there. Sorry. Be happy to Okay. Thanks. So, so this is what Rashi says. Rashi says, there's a lack of clarity about who Yitro was, which doesn't mean that there was anything bad about Yitro. But there was a lack of clarity about who he was. But what was he not, without a doubt? He was not a member of the Jewish people, in spite of the fact that Rashi says he came especially to participate in Matan Torah. He nevertheless didn't have a Jewish name. He didn't have a Jewish name. Intuitively, you know, very few people, very few children, uh, have kind of adopt these names that Yitro had. And not zero, not zero, but few, very few. They're not, they're not popular names. Then Rashi says, and is it no. a Jewish name? It's a Hebrew word. Yeah. What do you mean? But you know children named Chovav? It's the last yeah. name. Oh, Mayor Chovav. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Should I take it back what I said? I think it's like positive. Okay, I think I did say it is positive. I'm just saying that he has that he doesn't have a clear, well-defined personality. I don't think it's not positive. Is there something about about uh, Yitro that avoids a description, a clear, straightforward, simple description like Yaakov? He's called Yaakov because he was holding on to the to the, the heel of Esau, and that determined who he was forever, right? No, but he's always Yaakov. He never loses Yaakov. He's not like Avram Avinu. Not like Avram Avinu. Let's look at the Rashi. The Rashi says, No, Sima Nachu El Makom, Miyad, Achlosha Yamim, Anu Nichlasim Laaretz. He says, This is the Pasha Baloscha, right? Bamidbar Naso Baloscha. After Baloscha, Shlach. Shlach is the parasha of the, of the Miraglim. The Miraglim is what stopped B'nai Yisrael from going into Eretz Yisrael for 38 years. For 38 years they drayed around. 
מיד עד שלושה ימים רש"י סייז אנו נכנסים לארץ שבמסע זה ראשון נסעו על מנת להיכנס לארץ ישראל Let's go, come with us, we're going to Eretz Yisrael, you'll get a good deal. What the good deal is, we don't know. The ones who complain about what the situation was. Why was Moshe included with these people who eventually did not go into Eretz Yisrael? He was not yet being punished. I mean, this is a side point about Moshe Rabbeinu. We're interested in Yitro. But uh, Moshe Rabbeinu thought that this time that he would be going into Eretz Israel. But if, what? If Yitro had stayed, they might not have had to send the spies in. No, I don't know. He knew I the mean, land. Okay, good. He didn't know the land. He knew the way. He didn't know Eretz Canaan. He knew the way to Eretz Canaan, I think. But okay, I'll, I'll, I'll buy that. The next pasuk, El Arzivel Modaliti Rashi. Rashi, Im Bishvil Nechasai. Im Bishvil Mishpachti. He says, either I'm going because of my stuff, my bank accounts, or because of my family that I don't want to leave behind. Pasuk Lamed Aleph. Rashi says that several times. Right? It's, it's true that for Rashi and for Chazal, the little words that we call prepositions, you know what a preposition is? It's a word that doesn't do anything. So prepositions were very annoying to Chazal because they thought that the words of the Torah should be meaningful and prepositions have no meaning. And so it does, it, it too, it would be the same. You say, Bereshit Baralokim eta shamayim, eta aretz, et is a little word, preposition, right? And, uh, and if you, the Torah would have written Bereshit Baralokim, Shamayim va'aretz. It would mean exactly the same thing, and both would be correct, right? You put a check next to both of these, both of these psukim. So that's why we call et. I mean, the grammarians had to invent a name for it. Et hashamayim va'aretz. So they call it direct object marker. You know what that means? Direct object marker. It means. I don't know what it means. In, in other words, instead of saying that the word means something, you say it indicates a syntactic structure, that what's coming, a direct object is coming. That's why it's called a direct object marker. But believe me, if you didn't put in the word et, the puzzle would mean exactly the same thing. Right? That's why Chazal make a drosha, et ha-shamayim, shamayim all the things, not only the heavens were created, but all the stuff in the heavens were created. Not only was the earth created, but all the things in the earth associated with the earth are created. That's called et. Same thing is true about na. The word na doesn't mean, doesn't really mean anything. Right? Vayoma al na ta'azobotanu. Al na ta'azobotanu. Kach na. What does kachna mean? Take verily. Take seriously. Right? No. Right? Please. It doesn't make that much sense to say that God said please to Avramina, but okay. They should not say that, that Yitro converted Mechiba. Savur Chiba, meaning he was going to get something from it. Right? That's love. What do you love? I mean, besides your husband slash wife, you could love your stuff. 
right? So they shouldn't say that, that Yitro converted just to get stuff. What stuff was he, would he have gotten? He thought that Geirim converts also get a chelik in Eretz Yisrael, and he was very surprised to find out that this is not the case, because only the Jews who left Mitzrayim, only the Jews who left Mitzrayim, would get nachala in Eretz Yisrael, and so according to Rashi. We asked the question, what was it that Yitra was unhappy about? Yitra was unhappy about the fact that he wasn't going to be given a portion in Eretz Yisrael. And since he already had a portion, where was the portion that he had? El Artsi El Nachalati. Where was that? In Midian. He said, he said to Moshe Rabbeinu, I want my portion. If I can't have it in Eretz Yisrael, then I want it in Midian. I don't want to lose my portion. In other words, Yitro is in, introducing Yitro. Yitro, just as the, the man Yitro introduces the idea that you need but they din and you need post skin besides Moshe Rabbeinu, otherwise the whole thing is going to come to an end. Yitro introduces us to the idea, introduces the idea that you need a nachalo, that you need a place. You need a place in the world. And if HaKadosh Baruch Hu is taking Am Yisrael to Eretz Yisrael, we're going to give everybody a place, and Yitro is not going to get a place, then Yitro says, I have to go to a place. I have to be, I have to be connected to God and place. That's what Yitro says. And Moshe Rabbeinu understands it. Moshe Rabbeinu doesn't argue about that, that itself, that you need a place. So Rashi says, uh, now that he saw that they're not gonna, he's not going to get a portion in Eretz Yisrael, he's on his way, he's gone. Along comes Moshe Rabbeinu, he's going to argue. What's his argument? You know where we should camp in the desert, Rashi. You see Rashi? He's good, Rashi. Very good. You see what Rashi says? It's a nice thing you're going to do. You're going to lead us. You'll, you'll help us get to Eretz Israel. Is that a nice thing to do? Then afterwards, who knows? You'll do whatever you do. Moshe Rabbeinu is trying to convince him. You know something that we don't know. You're a man of the desert. You lived here in Midian. You know what's going on. Uh, I'm sorry. This, of course, is not in the Torah. These words in Rashi. Veraita, I harkens back to what did Yitro hear? What does Rashi say? Look at the bottom of the page. You see, what was it that Yitro heard? What did he hear? He heard about the great miracles, the great miracles of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. He may have heard of all the miracles, but Kriyat Yamsuf was certainly the spitz, the, the, the significant uh, top. Uh, miracle and Muhammad Amalek, which was a different kind of a a different kind of a, of a, a miracle. That's that's what Rashi says. With Nisim Uvurot Shinasulano Nisim, the Nisim referred to Kriyat Yamsuf Gvurot to Muhammad Amalek, and then the pasuk ends right. Ki Alkain Yadata. Chanotenu b'amidbar, Rashi, k'mo alasha yadata, k'mo yalkein lo natata. just explaining the words. Let's go on to the next Rashi. Vayita lanu leinayim, l'shon avar, past tense, k'targuvo, davar acher, l'shon atid, kol davar vadar sheyita in either you knew it in the past. 
all you're going to know about it in the future. You will be able to light up our eyes. You will be, we will love you like we love our eyes. We protect our eyes. You think somebody's going to hit you in the head, you, you cover your eyes right away. You realize, everybody realize that the eyes are very delicate. Should love the ger. This is, this is a conversation between Moshe Rabbeinu and, uh, and uh, Yitro. So Moshe Rabbeinu doesn't have a response. He doesn't have a response. Yitro said, I need a makom. And Moshe Rabbeinu doesn't say, we'll work something out. We'll work out a place for you. Moshe Rabbeinu says, but you're a nice guy and we like you and stick around and maybe good things will happen. It's like a movie. You know, like this kind of uh, conversation. And Yitro will not have any of it. Because he's not going to give up what he sees as being essential elements of the spiritual recovery that he's going through. It's not worth it. What's he going to get from Moshe Rabbeinu? We're going to see in a minute what he gets from Moshe Rabbeinu. He's a kind of, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Rashi. Rashi, Rashi says, what's Moshe Rabbeinu talking about? He says, the good thing that Hashem is going to give to Bnei Yisrael, we'll give to you. What good thing? What is he going to give him? He, Yedro says, I want a Nachala. Can he get a Nachala? Can he get it? He can't. So what's Moshe Rabbeinu going to give him? What's Moshe Rabbeinu going to give him? The answer is interesting. Amru, this appears in Tosvot, then appears in the Medrash. Are you Yisrael mechalkin et ha'aretz? When Bnei Yisrael divided up the land, Bnei Yisrael meaning under Yoshua bin Nun, there was a certain amount of land, right? Ruvain, Begad, Bechatzi, Shevet, Menashe, that, that were divided by Moshe Rabbeinu after the wars with Sichon Ba'ok. But later on, it was Yoshua bin Nun, Mechalkin Metaaretz. Ayadush Moshel Yericho, Chameshmeot Amaal, Shloshmeot, sorry, Chameshmeot, Chameshmeot Amaal, so there was a place near Yericho called Dushna Shel Yericho and there was a, a quadrant 500 Amma on 500 Amma which was exactly the size of the Beit HaMikdash the Beit HaMikdash according to the Navi Yecheskel was 500 on 500 Amma the, what we call Harabayit. What? Harabayit. Yeah, that's what we call it. We call it today. But in those days, it was called Dushna Shel Yericho. Deshen is a, a very a, a fat kind of uh, crop. Very good. It's a very good piece of land. So Dushna Shel Yericho. What was Dushna Shel Yericho? What, what, what did they get? He says, so Rashi says, They did not divide that piece of land in Eretz Yisrael amongst the tribes. They let it stay. They captured it, and it was next to Yericho, but they didn't give it out to any tribes. Why? Amru. So you know that the Beit HaMikdash was built mostly on the territory of Yehuda, right? And a little bit Binyamin. Right? So you know, Binyamin was like an extension, almost an extension of Yehuda, because Yehuda was very big, and to the north of Yehuda was Binyamin, which was very small. And, and, and the territory which we call Kodesh Kadashim, the place of the, the Holy of Holies, that was in Binyamin. And the rest of the Beit HaMikdash was in Yehuda. So when they built the Beit HaMikdash, when they built the Beit HaMikdash, the land of the Beit HaMikdash was taken away from Yehuda and redistributed to all the Shvatim. 
all the tribes owned the Beit HaMikdash. There was no ownership of Chalukah, of Chalukat Eretz Yisrael on the Beit HaMikdash. Now that change in ownership took place 430 years after B'nai Yisrael came into Eretz Yisrael. It took 430 years. And for those 430 years, Dushla Shel Yericho, Rashi, right? Venichuhu Melechlok, Amru, Mishi Yivne Beit HaMikdash Bechelko, Uyit Lenu, eventually whoever gives up land for building the Beit HaMikdash, and we know that that's going to be Yehuda, Uyit Lenu, he will get Dushna Shel Yericho, Benkach, Uvenkach, which means from, the, from one time to the next, from the time of Yoshua's entry into Eretz Israel until, until they built the Beit HaMikdash, which was 430 years later, Benkach, Benkach, Netanuhu Livnei Yitro, Leonadab Ben Rechav. They gave it to Yonadav ben Rechav. Rechav is another name for, for Yitro. So this is what Moshe Rabbeinu told him. Shinemaru b'nei keini. Chotein Moshe alumi atmarib. Atmarib causes Yericho. Vigomer. Okay? We'll see that possible in a minute. But you understand what, what Moshe Rabbeinu is offering Yitro? He's offering him a makom and a nachalah. I'll be it, not as good as what everybody else is going to get, because what everybody else is going to get, it stays in their family, at least theoretically. You can't even marry out the, the land, for, you can't marry the land out from the family. The family keeps getting that land, keeps getting that land back according to Torah law. So here we have, here we have uh, uh, Yitro. On the one hand, Yitro hit Gayer. On the other hand, he added a parsha in the Torah. On the third hand, he was chaviv alava Torah. He loved the Torah, but he understood. He understood that growth of Am Yisrael does not end with matan Torah, according to according to Yitro's own understanding, but it includes going to Eretz Yisrael and receiving a nachalah from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You have to, you have to un understand this, that, that today, today people would, would probably like to think otherwise. But Yitro, Yitro thought, Yitro thought that, that Kabbalat Torah, which was the great event of communication between God and, and the people in the world, there was never anything, anything at all like that 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 communication had to be enhanced by creating a place for those people who communicated with God. They could not be left. It was a, a, a spiritual need. Being part of Eretz Yisrael, having a place in the world, the place that Avinu gave up, right? Leave your place and you're gonna get another place. That's what that's what Hakadosh Baruch said, and Yitro became the the test personality. He was he was the person who showed us, right? Not only about shoftim that we need judges in order to maintain ourselves, but he showed us that you need Eretz Yisrael. Without Eretz Yisrael, you would not be able you would not be able to survive. Let's look at that pasuk. Let's look at that passage. You see, Shoftim Perakala Pasuk Tetzayim. B'nei Keini, Chotein Moshe. Another thing. In other words, you see again and again that Yitro's connection to B'nei Yisrael was not that he was as Jewish as anybody else, if I could use that word, but he was Chotein Moshe. Chotein Moshe, Chotein Moshe, Chotein Moshe, meaning that it's only because he was Chotein Moshe that he was, we could consider him part of the nation, but in terms of his own spiritual needs, he was set aside. He needed Eretz Yisrael and he couldn't get it. Couldn't get Eretz Yisrael. So, so he says, Chotein Moshe, Alu, Mi'ir Hatmarim. Ir Hatmarim, of course, is Yericho. 
you've ever been around Yericho, you know that. At Bnei Yehuda, Midbar Yehuda, Sheba Negev, Arad, Vayelech, Vayeshev, Etaam. So they left the place where they were, and they went and they dwelled amongst the people. Because Dushnosha Yericho was no longer theirs. Rashi, this is Rashi in Shoftim. Right? See Rashi? Miyat Marim. He Yericho. Shenitan lahem dushna shel Yericho lochla ad that they would be able to eat in dushna shel Yericho. They were able to consume the product of dushna shel Yericho. Ad sheibane beit hamikdash until the beit hamikdash would be built. Umi sheivne beit habechira bechelko yitleno. Rashi repeats Rashi. Right? Rashi knows what Rashi said. That everybody would then own a piece of the Beit HaMikdash. The Beit HaMikdash was not owned by a Shevet, right, in a Shevet territory, but became the property of the entire people. Tafmem Shana. Tafmem is 440. I said 430. I think that's, you know... The ones who were students who were willing to learn Torah left that place and went to study with Atneel ben Kenaz, one of the Shoftim, who Yavetz, another name for him is Yavetz. Yavetz is a name that came up again in the Middle Ages. Uh, Yaakov Emden, Yaakov ben Svi, called himself Yavetz because it was the name of Yavetz. It was a real person at the time of the Shoftim. Bamidbar Yehuda Shabenegev Arad Lelmot Torah. Lelmot Torah, so that the people who lived in the Irt Marim, who were the descendants of Yitro, who received from Yitro apparently this tremendous love of Torah that he had, that Yitro had, they went up from the Irat Marim and they renewed their own old connection with Am Yisrael through the Torah. Through the Torah, so that they become a model for both. They become a model for leaving, because they couldn't get a Nachla, and they, have a, they become a model for staying through Talmud Torah. So this is the earliest, earliest mention of the idea that Talmud Torah could define Am Yisrael, even if you didn't have a Nachla. Because these are the people who didn't have a nachla, right? The people who left the irt marim, and they went and they got absorbed in with others, especially Atniel ben Kenaz, Yavetz, who was in Kirat Sefer and a, a great scholar, and had created a, a, a large yeshiva for people to learn Torah. So this idea, this idea which comes from Yitro, because Yitro was the only Person, the only Jew who, whose connection to God was based on Talmud Torah and not based on, on, uh, on land, on the connection to God through the Makom that had been sanctified by God. Right? And so the first person who didn't have that land to connect himself to in order to, to redefine himself part of Am Yisrael was Yitro. And the first person who didn't need that or didn't have that and yet functioned properly was B'nai Kaini. They were the first ones who went to learn Torah with Othniel ben Kenazu Yavetz. And just Torah became their connection. So that, you know, like you look back and you say, so who's Yitro? Who's Yitro? Yitro is the person, the only person in the world in his day whose connection to Am Yisrael and to HaKadosh Baruch Hu was entirely based on Matan Torah and the only person who realized, who realized that by not getting a chedlik in Eretz Yisrael he was going to be missing out on something and he hoped that he would be able to reconstruct that, to get it back by going back to the Nachala in the Makom that he left in the, in the place of Midian. This was resolved with the Bede Kaini 
after 440 years where the Beit HaMikdash was built and Dushna Yerushal Yericho was taken away from them and they reconsidered who they were and how to define themselves and they defined themselves as the people who are part of Am Yisrael through Torah. That's how they define themselves according to, according to Rashi. So uh, the end is, the end of the Rashi, Vayeshev et ha'am im ha'talmidim ha'yoshvim lefanav with the Talmidim who are sitting in front of Ataniel ben Kenazu b'kesh v'et ha'kodesh bohu sh'yazmin lo Talmidim ha'gunim he, he asked God to bring him proper students, Shneemar, Vayikra Yavetz, Lelokim Vigomer, Vizimein Lo Achasidim Halalu. And therefore, God uh, uh, brought these Talmidim to Nail Ben Kenaz. These Talmidim means the people who left the Irat Marim, who had to redefine themselves and their connection to Am Yisrael without a Nachal without a place and give up Dushla Shal Yericho to Yehuda, who gave up the 400 by 400 Amma uh, area to the Beit HaMikdash, which then in turn belonged to, to all of uh, Klal Yisrael. So you see that the struggle that Yitro went through, where he keeps redefining himself, right? he was Yitro, he was Yeter, he was Chovav, he was Ruel, he kept redefining himself in the in, in terms of Torah, but when it comes to Nachalah, he's not able to do it. He's not able to say, I don't need the Nachalah. Only his great-great-great-great-great-grandchildren were able to say that. And they, right, they are the ones who are called B'nai Kani, are the ones who stayed in Am Yisrael, or connected to Am Yisrael, only because they had, only because they had the, uh, the Torah. Uh, let's look quickly at the Ramban. There is one Ramban. Uh, okay, look at the... What? I just... Uh, what? Is the Ramban here? Yeah, there's the Ramban here. That's where I met. I see there are too many, too many sources. Okay, let's look at the Ramban quickly. The Ramban says, Kvape Rashti. In other words, Chovav is a new name. They saw it in him. It wasn't God gave him a name. It was the people, people who knew Yitro, knew that he was Chovav. He, it's, it's, uh, it's common that when somebody converts, he takes on a new, a new name. We name Moshe. Moshe Rabbeinu begged him to come, to come with them. And then he said to them, He didn't stop, meaning he didn't, uh, he didn't enumerate. He didn't explain exactly what that would be. So he, Yitro, thought that Moshe Rabbeinu was going to give him stuff, give him, you know, booty from, from the wars that they would have in Eretz Israel, but not a nachalah, not an inheritance. While Cain, Loyachafetz. He didn't want that. I'll go back to my own place. There I have an inheritance. I have stuff and I have honor. Moshe said, Don't leave. Uh, since you know the desert so well, you will be our eyes. You'll tell us how we should go, how we should make this 
וסטריפר מכל הטובה הוא אשר ייטיב השם לנו, נייטיב לך. And all the goodness that God gives us, we will give it to you. Remez, what, what, is, he, what is he talking about? So the Rabban comes up with a new idea. What is it that Moshe Rabbeinu is perhaps promising Yitro? Look at the words. Remez. That if you will come and if you will help us conquer the land and if you will help us uh, get out in peace from, uh, from, uh, from that place, then we will give you, we, B'nai Yisrael, will give you, Moshe Rabbeinu, will organize that you will get You'll be rewarded. You'll be paid. You'll be like a, like a, what do they call those guys? Mercenaries. Right? You'll be a mercenary. That Moshe Rabbeinu actually convinced him to help them get what they wanted, which was to get to Eretz Yisrael, and is a, a, a Gemara in the Yerushalmi in Bikurim, that the, there's this question of who, who says Arami or Vedavi when you bring a Bikurim. So of course the Jews have to say that, but how about a, a Ger? Does a Ger have to say that? So the answer is no. But Bnei Keini, that somehow, somehow what Moshe Rabbeinu was offering Yitro was to become part of Jewish history. And becoming part of Jewish history meant that the Bnei Keini, after 440 years, that the Bnei Keini would be able to be part of Am Yisrael even though they would only have the aspect of, of Torah and not the aspect of, of, of Nachalot. Have a good Shabbos.